All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Gola Jr. That is me. With me as always. Bringing it back to 2008. Rocking the Sheraton Hawaii Bowl t-shirt. Brandon Newman. Brandon, the best bowl game we ever went to by far. All you got to do is go 6-6. Six and six, get, get beat by Syracuse. <laughs> I think UConn we lost to that year. UConn was next Pitt. year. Oh, UConn was the, the following year. Uh... Yeah, go six and six and go to the best bowl game. And actually, we did our university a, a service, Mike. We, uh, I think that was the first bowl game that Notre Dame had won in like six years because it was like all the big ones that they had gone to before and just lost. Oh yeah, like they were going to like cotton bowls and stuff like that. And like, and we we changed we changed the narrative. I remember Armando Allen took a, a kickoff back to the house. That was the first time it happened in bowl game history. We just we just made history in Hawaii. That's all I'm saying. No big deal, but kind of a big yeah. deal. Got to go yeah. surfing. I bought a bunch of shirts at Armani Exchange with bowl money that were deeply regrettable. <laughs> I mean, deeply regrettable. <laughs> I bought a wallet I had for like seven years at that bowl game with five hundred dollars oh of bowl God. cash. That was that was a time and a half. It was a, it was a we were tired of shit, and thank God we were playing Hawaii because otherwise we probably would have got waxed. Thank God, <laughs> thank God we were redshirting, so I didn't have to do shit. I was on paid man. vacation, paid man. vacation. Oh, Speaking of man. vacation, this is our last week of four day a week shows. Final summer Friday coming up this Friday. We will be back five days a week next week for you on the podcast here. Very excited about that. We've got NFL divisional previews that'll get started next week. College football conference previews roll along. We will head to the Southeastern Conference and check in on the conference. Didn't have to make any moves this offseason because they did it all last summer with Texas and Oklahoma. And spoiler alert for everybody, 
Alabama's going to win all the shit this year. Just I'm getting it out of the way now. All the I don't shits. have to wait to make my prediction. Alabama's going to win the national championship this year. It's you just I. I'm only saying that you could be right because the opponent's going to be Ohio State and they constantly shit the bed on the biggest stage. Uh, unlike Notre Dame, we don't get to the biggest, biggest stage. We just shit the bed on like the smaller stages, uh, primetime games and whatnot. But this. Worth, worth noting, Ohio State has won a ch- national championship in the playoff era. What are you talking about, the 2016 one? Yeah. Oh, I mean, and they were very Is that the close. first one? They were very close in the game against Clemson that ended up leading to Clemson losing to, I believe, LSU in the national championship. One of the best games I've ever seen in person. Trevor Lawrence and Clemson mount a second-half comeback for the ages in that Fiesta Bowl. They've been they've been pretty good. Ohio State's one of the three teams that can always win it. Like it's Yeah, because you know those quarterbacks are so good. Yes. They got I, I was one. being facetious because they have zero to little success in the NFL. Much like, much like a lot of Alabama quarterbacks prior to Mac Jones, if you want well, to be I mean, real about it. The, Alabama also wasn't a quarterback factory before Tua Tungavailoa got there. Really? That's what you're going to say? Yes. Okay. It, that was not okay. the nature of how Alabama played football. They were the boa constrictor all during our tenure and beyond that. And, to a and then when that. Lane and then Lane Kiffin got there, well, I mean, really, it was Lane Kiffin and it was Blake Sims who was at quarterback for that team. I that remember was Blake Sims, one of the first teams that unlocked it. But then after that, it was Jalen Hurts was there, and then Tua takes over in the second half of that national title, and all of a sudden, we're putting three wide receivers into the first round every year, fucking shit up. That's kind of when it all supernovas. So, okay. again, yeah. early uh, early look at the SEC preview pod. Alabama's winning everything. <laughs> Learn to enjoy other parts of college football this season. Uh, you can also enjoy other parts of this podcast. Got a great uh, visit with my dad, Mike Golick, back for the uh, end of the week here. As we're coming yes. off a very viral moment for me and dad as a part of Notre Dame football's uniform release videos, which we'll talk about plenty of the behind-the-scenes stuff from that and kind of relive the trip to Vegas with dad. But uh, really oh, awesome well, to see our university have a good thing happen on social media. Obviously, great for them to have a good thing to happen on social media. You being a part of it is the thing that I want to talk to you about. You've you've been a part of many viral moments. Uh, we've, we've talked about many d- dealing with food. Uh How's 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 this wearing for you? You're a very humble young man, uh, but this is this seems like very special and like the start of something. Just the Gullicks being on that screen meant a lot to a lot of people, and it was great because you guys were in it. But how are you wearing the, this this internet fame for these last 24 hours? Uh, you know what, Brandon? Trying to act like I've been there before on this one because you mentioned like. I had the viral moment when we said said the goodbye to dad after the end of his ESPN radio career. Had the viral moment with the mayonnaise. This one feels like, as far as work to rest ratio on this one, really didn't have to do a lot. I made like two noises, had one real line of dialogue, and then was off the screen for the rest of this. So the, the percentage of effort that went into this relative to the output that I got just by being associated and thank you to Notre Dame for letting us and asking us to be in this video was a real easy lift for your boy. So this one was probably the best for that reason. And I didn't have to eat any weird shit. Exactly. And I think the hangover kind of showed you as you were playing Mr. Chow, uh, the power of just being really, really good really quickly and getting the hell out of there. An economy of words, baby. All my, maybe all my bosses were right. Less is more. (laughs) So make sure, if you haven't seen that, 
check that out. We'll talk to Dad plenty about that, as well as some stuff that was said coming out of the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room, the start of camp, Draymond Green, all sorts of interesting stuff with Dad. Uh, before we get to any of that, though, we do want to remind you about our friends at Knockaround Sunglasses. Yes. One of the great sponsors. I always love quoting Stu Gotts on this because I believe it. They have been kind enough to support us. We want you to support them. Go mm. out there. Tweet pictures at Gojo Show on Twitter. If you got a pair of knockaround sunglasses, show them off to us. We appreciate that. We want to see you looking good and looking right. Because again, knockaround sunglasses fit so well with this pod. They look good and they are very affordable. Around $30 a pair. 15 different frames, a ton of colors you can customize with over a billion possible combinations at the Knockaround Custom Shop here. I, again, wear them to the gym all the time. I wear them out here by the beach. I'm trying to put my best foot forward in a new community out here, and Knockaround has helped me do that. So if you want to look your best, feel your best, and potentially play your best, make sure you check out Knockaround Sunglasses. Again, lightweight, great clarity, rubber on the nose to ensure no slip, slide, or bounce. Their sunglasses, knock-around sunglasses, are high-quality, polarized sunglasses at a truly Gotta affordable price. Check out their huge range of shades, knockaround.com. Support the people that support us. I want to say something really quickly about knock-around sunglasses. Just simply, thank you uh, for supporting us. We had someone on tweet on Twitter tweeted us the last couple of days, said, Hey, guys, what's the name of that sunglass company you guys have been repping recently? And I'm like... If you know that we're repping sunglasses, then you should know that they're knockaround sunglasses. Like, like it's said all together. We are a knockaround family on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so said. pay attention. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, I know people kind of weave in and out of podcasts. I'm guilty of it as well. But, like, knockaround. Knockaround sunglasses. Knockaround. <laughs> <laughs> That'll jar you back into attention here. Uh, Brandon, uh, before we get to the interview with Dad, though, uh, big news today out of the world of sports, although calling this sports news is kind of selling it short. We talked so much about the Brittany Griner story a couple of weeks ago yes. on this podcast, who has been, as the United States has deemed, wrongfully detained in Russia after being found with what were uh, reportedly cartridges of hashish oil while she was in an airport in Russia. According to CNN, the Biden administration has offered to exchange Victor Boot, a convicted Russian arms trafficker serving a 25-year U.S. prison sentence, in a potential deal for the release of detained Americans Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan, according to Kylie Atwood, Evan Perez, and Jennifer Hansler, who I believe are all CNN employees reporting that. So the latest I saw, we'll wait and see what the rest of the development for this looks like, Brandon, but... For those of us who had all wondered what the timeline of this was going to look like based on what we had seen as past precedent with prisoner swaps and things like this that are big international affairs during a time yeah. where Russia's involved in a full-ass war with Ukraine, this is got to be a tremendous relief potentially for Brittany Griner's family, the members of the W that have ridden so hard for her this season to try and get her home. Yeah, no, this is obviously like what we were all hoping for. Uh, she took the stand for the first time uh, last week or yesterday. Um, I want to say what I want to bring this conversation, this research. Russians who get arrested, detained for drug charges. It's somewhere between 95 and 99 percent get the maximum sentence in Russia. So she was looking at 
doing all 10 of them years. And that's why I'm glad that America stepped in. Obviously, they were going to step in anyways. But like, OK, we'll give you we'll give you whatever you need to get our, our, our person back home. And, and, and the only person that's really going to look out from this is this this Russian criminal uh, that's doing time in the U.S. that gets to get sent home so we can get Brittany Griner back. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm happy that the swap's going to happen. Lord knows when it actually will happen. Well, we'll like see if it will because, yeah. again, it was offered. We haven't heard anything right, about right, that. And, again, right, right. this is all new reporting right now, so this information is coming out fast and furious. We'll wait and see as it continues to get updated. But at the very least, we started seeing all the reports coming out yesterday saying that this was now – on the table this was something that was being offered by the biden administration aimed to bring Brittany griner home according again and the initial reports came out the secretary of state anthony blinken said on wednesday that this news had come so this was coming from the government as well not just the reports about who might be involved in that swap from cnn yeah this is great it's it, it is again there are a lot of big picture things on this and we talked about it on the podcast and mentioned that so much goes into this because this is international affairs this is politics in wartime with that country these are the person we're talking about that arms dealer was someone who was reportedly propping up terrorist regimes funding and trafficking weapons to them but we also know that Brittany Griner was an American citizen, someone who was loved by her family and teammates who all desperately wanted to see that person come back. And I can only imagine the joy I'd feel if this was one of my loved ones who is now coming home after what has to have been a terrifying, I mean, 100-plus day stint in a foreign prison. Yeah, I mean, you talk about uh, just what to expect from Brittany Griner. Like, I hope she has hope because it's all that is left, but... You have to imagine she's jaded at this point, being there for over 100 days and uh, knowing the system that she's in and what to expect. So, you know, all of this is news and, and we can feel educated because we know a little bit more. But I just I just really care about her, you know, landing, landing on U.S. soil. Yep. So we will wait to see. But again, all reports indicating that the U.S. is efforting and that the Biden administration has offered a deal to Russia to bring Brittany Griner home. Biggest, I'd say biggest news of the day by far. Let you digest that. We'll take Definitely. a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk to my dad, Michael Look Sr., about what we did in Vegas and more next. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. 
damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Dad, there's a picture from Complex Sports about 34 minutes ago of Jimmy Butler with what appear to be dreadlock extensions. Yeah, it's faux locks. It's faux locks, for sure. So is, Brandon, my question to you, because Jimmy Butler now has, I mean, how long would you say those are? Foot, foot and a half long? <sighs> no, those are about two foot, two foot long dreaded faux, faux lock extensions. Oh, my. If I could, oh. if I could, maybe, maybe. Maybe a foot and a half. So, so is is this common? Like walking common? in and asking for this? I would say, traditionally, I can't speak for all black people. I need to make sure I no, add that yeah. addendum. Maybe even put it in the podcast notes every day. Um, <laughs> yeah, black people are not a monolith. Brandon right. Newman's opinions are not the express opinions <laughs> please, of the black community. <laughs> please, please, please don't hold it at that regard. Asking for faux locks is very normal within the African-American community for females. Most, most weave extension hair things, plugs, all that stuff is usually traditionally for females. And that's why I'm like trying to be safe because it's not that it's out of the ordinary because if this was a WNBA team, this may happen frequently. Oh, listen, yeah, I, I learned. With, 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 yeah. I learned a lot about this doing the radio show with Chanae. I learned a lot more yes. about black women's hair than I had ever known in my entire life. So right. it was very instructive. But like you said, I haven't seen a lot of like black men come out of the woodwork with. Yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. We've seen like the Beijing and all that stuff. Like we've seen guys faking it when it gets down closer to bald. But but we've also seen The Weeknd and we've seen Lil Wayne. Like we've seen dreads. Like honestly... These aren't even how, like, your head shouldn't look that way if you have dreads. Like, it's, it's almost like it's so foreign because no one has this hairstyle. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like traditional, like, twist or braided, like, like scalp and then dreads. And it, it looks as if he's, I would say it looks like he's, like, getting ready to play in a movie. You know, like, Adam Sandler's got Hustle 2 coming and Jimmy Butler's, like, you know, <laughs> the, new, the new file, the new foil. It definitely, I, I'll say this, I'll say this. When it comes to long hair for African-Americans, outside of just like the regular box or the fro, I can't tell you what's going on. Like, because there, there, there has to be some science and technique that goes behind executing what he wanted. The fact that he's going to play basketball after getting that hairstyle is a whole other thing for me. Because it may be like, like, are you just regularly going to sweat it out? Because that's something too. Like, you're not supposed to sweat out these things. Like you know what, Brandon, you've got my head like my wheels turning now and wondering, yeah. is this for some sort of like film advertisement? Is there makes, some sort of like the the money alarms going off in my right. head now because this is very sudden. Yeah, this feel, I mean, this isn't it's not like Brian Erlocker going from bald to Oh, uh, the patty. F- full head of hair. Uh, yeah. the, the Mike the Mike Gullick, the Mike Gullick Senior. Yeah. <laughs> 
It, I mean, Brian Erlacher popping up on billboards all near Everywhere. the Chicago airport yeah, was yeah. as jarring and exp- that was definitely more jarring than this. Like this is yeah. a bit of a shockwave. Brian Erlacher still at the mountaintop for hair fakeouts. And they should not have put those billboards by the toll roads. Like, I need to focus up around that time. Like, yeah. I don't even know where I'm going. And I'm you got people driving at... off the road. <laughs> Brian, I like there were so many uh, billboards with him on there. That was amazing. He had to get so much bank for that. Oh, I... So, Because people me, always ask me about that, being bald. Ooh, and yes. I, as I've pointed out, I could never go back at this point and walk into my group chats with my friends and come out alive. I'd get roasted into the sun, so it's so, got to no, no, be no. money for him. I was just going to say for you, what's the number? What's the number? Oh, listen, I mean, if you if you pop me into seven, if you pop me into, like, high six figures... Yeah? If we're, like, if we're high six figures touching seven, absolutely. Absolutely, my... You'll deal with... Uh, well, because at happens. the end of the day, it would be, like, a month of that. And then I would just be a guy with cool hair who's also now kind of rich. Right, right, right. I, but, guys, bottom, everybody's got a number. Bottom bottom dollar, I would say, would be like half a million dollars. Oh, boy, and, you uh, went down. You've gone down from high sixes to <laughs> half a mil. Yes. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I just I realized. I, could, like, I, I bet I could talk you down to three fifty. <laughs> <laughs> you got a guy? Honestly, <laughs> if you gave me if you gave me two hundred and fifty grand, uh, and go. it wasn't like an invasive <laughs> procedure, because like I know some of that stuff is like legitimate yeah, yeah. procedures, yeah. and there's you know Take stuff that can go wrong with that. Like I don't know if I want someone opening up my head necessarily, Guys. but if you found a way to kind of make it easy, I could do it for a quarter mil. Now you're down to two and a half. You are high high sixes. <laughs> now you're down. To two and a half, I bet I could get you for a buck fifty. No, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Fifty grand, fifty grand, fifty grand. Now that was, I was going to say. Now, what hairstyle are we talking now? Because oh. now that now we got you to a lower price, it seems like you got something in mind. You want the JJ Reddick? You know what's interesting is I feel like I would have to zag a little bit hairstyle wise because I, as someone who is an avid watcher of the Bachelor and Bachelorette, I mm. get to sample a broad swath every yes. season of like. Mm. 30 single adult men from 23 to like 32. And I feel like they've all got the same haircut just in various lengths. So I, I've got to make a statement. I've got to try and find whatever the white Jimmy, Jimmy Butler hairstyle would be and go with that. If I'm going to do this, <laughs> I don't know what that is though. <laughs> I don't like, either. I don't know. Like, what, do I go full grunge? What that do I do be? like an Aaron Rodgers? Oh, uh, how about a mullet? We just get him grow a mullet. I feel like I could definitely oh. pull off a mullet. Guys, there's more pictures. There's more pictures that are coming out of Jimmy Butler, more more vision. Like, honestly, NFL or NBA guys start trends, too. So I, I, I wonder if this is something that, like, we're just going to see. Maybe, maybe this will give them strength in the playoffs, like Samson. This would be interesting. Um, Haley O'Shaughnessy was on this podcast. She does uh, the Spinsters podcast. Yes. And they did an outstanding um, – podcast series about uh black hair and the trends over decades in the nba and the different styles that came around and the cultural impact they had and when you said that i was like oh what if this does become a trend i mean he's doing it very like he it in all these pictures i'm seeing it does not seem like he's being ironic joking like you remember when uh michael strahan got his teeth fixed Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. for that like the best fourth of July. Actually, one of the saddest days of my life. I was, I was, 
I was attached to the gap. Um, but like, this doesn't seem gimmicky. Brandon Newman, former nose guard, gap defender. Hey, gap defender oh, at all times. Nice. Uh, By the way, uh, Jordan Liggins was the one who uh, pioneered that series, just to give proper credit to. Okay, yes, my my question too on a on a on a uh, what Jimmy did, how long would that take? That's Mm. another thing, man. I mean, how long do you have to sit there? And and I don't know the answer to that. I know when my wife goes to the hairdresser, she can be there a hell of a long time. I don't know the correlation of when a guy gets something like this, but gotta be a while, right? Uh, yeah, that's why I'm thinking movie. Like, that's why I think, like, mm. you know, makeup chair. Because, like, why, otherwise, I mean, maybe Jimmy Butler is just like, I want to see if I want to grow my hair out. Let me test it out because there's a certain weight to it, like playing oh. basketball. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he's like, maybe you got enough money to try shit out like this. Because, like, if, if it, not Jimmy Butler, but if anyone else, if I was to go get this hairstyle, I would have to go to, I have to call my sister's hair people, shit, my, my, my sister-in-law may be able to do it for me. She does hair. And with, like, bags of faux locks and then just sit there on my phone for a good four to five hours. Any, any inkling at all about cost of this? Oh, oh, I mean, that's I, – I just imagine because it looks like great hair, like, you know, like yeah, Willow Smith had – Yeah, he's not anything cheap, I mean. Willow yeah. Smith had worse uh, braids when she had hers in back in the day. I – what I guess what they look they look I mean they were colored obviously they're they're not real this yeah this is like this is like a I would I would just guess I don't know shit from shit this is I imagine a ten thousand dollar hairstyle oh ten grand come on seriously I think I would think so because you know there's when you do once you go to like you were talking about how long it takes I was like well Jamie Billy probably pulled up the person probably had the hair the person's probably like like knows exactly what they're doing and it probably took them not a long time because you know things grease wheels get greased when you're rich but i i i I, now i just want to know how long it's going to be while we continue to see jimmy butler uh i don't want to throw a name out there but i mean little john jimmy butler i guess i think that's safe (laughs) i am so fascinated now to see what comes next for jimmy butler yeah, our feelings are justified, and <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. some sort of ad or movie part. Or listen, if he just woke up and felt like changing it up, maybe that's how the Heat get over the hump this year. Oh, that's so funny. L- listen, let me let me say this though, because there's certain things that happen on Twitter that just make sense to a lot of black people. Because like, oh, we've seen that before. And there's some things that you know just throws everyone for a loop based on uh, black Twitter's response. They're, everyone's very surprised. Everyone's like, yeah. uh, a lot, I got a lot of, I got a lot of, hey, yo, Jimmy Butler is bugging. Like, I, I, I think, I, I think I, I, we're, the bottom line is, are we expecting more to come of this? We're expecting there to be a reason for this and not just a, I was looking uh, for shit to do. I think there's gotta be some I think sort I'm of going down that this. road. Yeah. I think there's gotta be some sort of payoff to this. <laughs> oh, no, I just don't know. You know what? Don't know. You know, it doesn't make any. It, it doesn't make any sense. You know what? I appreciate speaking of not making any sense. Us doing now a ten-minute bit <laughs> on a vis- on a picture yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. No Jimmy one Butler's where we are. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we are. Are. You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, we got like one more month of this. Uh, shout out to Jeff Schwartz who's uh, been on the podcast. He said, "Guys, we have practice footage." 
Fine. All right, like yeah. God is good or something like that. Well, nice we have, we practice have, footage. We have practiced training camp footage. We also have uh Michael Look Senior, my dad, joining the podcast this Friday. Yes. Thursday, excuse me. Yeah. Fresh off of well, Dad, it's because we're fresh off of another very visual element of this podcast yeah. that we're gonna yeah. talk about here. The Notre Dame uniform release for the Shamrock Series game in Las wow. Vegas against BYU came out. Notre Dame debuted their all-white uniforms with a lot of gold accoutrements on the shoulders, little images of the dome, but this was a reason we were in Vegas. I think we mentioned on the podcast a while back, we were in Vegas. We couldn't right. say why. Right. We were there filming what ended up being the hangover spoof that they used for this, and like two million views on Twitter later. I, I I think Notre Dame officially did this. Where are you guys at on this? On how well this was received? Because I'm still very uneasy and uncertain with non Notre Dame people being complimentary of stuff right. that we do. Like usually we're the hated. We're kind of like yeah. the Yankees and Cowboys of this shit. So how have you guys experienced? Like Dad, seeing well, all these positive things said about our alma mater. I'll 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 say the. Most interesting thing I, I, I thought of, and that's just the generation we're in. Um, Notre Dame haters are going to be Notre Dame haters, but but it was interesting to see. I hate Notre Dame, but this was really cool. But you had the oh, these are Georgia Tech ripoffs, you know, or shit like that. Or, you know, people are still always going to hate. Let me tell you, that was so much fun to do. The Notre Dame film crew did such a great job of setting that up, and I can't tell you how. Good, Marcus Freeman, Isaiah Foskey, and Michael Mayer were the two players, Mayer and Foskey. What a good job they did! And Mike, you're now both of us. If anybody hasn't seen it, I hope you view it. Both yeah. of us were basically chow. We we kind of doubled. Yeah. Up on so chow. to set the table on this one, the spoof was the drop scene in the desert from The Hangover, where they go out there, and it's supposed to be the guys over there, which you had Michael Mayer, Notre Dame's All-American tight end, playing Zach Galifianakis' character, falling out of it with the Baby Carlos t-shirt. You had Isaiah Foskey uh, also kind of playing that role. He wore the shirt and the satchel with that. And then you had Marcus Freeman sort of directing traffic in the Bradley Cooper Sorry, role. Bradley Cooper this. role, which fits him because he's a really good-looking young man. Yes, yes, yes of yes, course. Yeah, of course. Really I, and by the way, you are not wrong for saying young man from your yeah. vantage point. Oh, yeah. Either. Oh, yeah. Young man, young man. So but yeah, so you and I were both Leslie Chow. We were Leslie Chow, and it was a scene where instead of they them getting dug back, we were we supposedly had their the uniform the shamrock series uniform that they were going to throw us the satchel for so that was we played the desert scene all of us in it and then they did where they found the uniform and such done incredibly well mike i thought you were fantastic i thought you i thought everybody did a really good job but i thought michael mayer and you really kind of stood out your sounds like that these. chow made were uh were were spot on very good <laughs> Yeah, Michael Mayer falling out of the car, and just Michael Mayer being Michael Mayer. Well, yeah, I mean, that that was the cool part is we yeah. got to. So, I mean, this all came together pretty quick. We found out about four or five, four days before we were flown to Las Vegas to shoot this. But then we got to hang out with Foskey, with Michael Mayer, with Marcus, uh, Al Washington, the D line coach was out there with those guys too. But like getting to spend the day watching Mayer Foskey and Freeman shoot the scene where they're coming into Allegiant at the end. And all you have, like I tried to set it up for people, 
in Allegiant, they do it like Jerry World, where there's always tours going on in that stadium. There's always people coming to see because it's really cool on the inside. Like, if you're a Notre Dame fan going to that game, they've got club-level seats that are actually yeah. club seats. They've yeah, got it's, bottle it's, service. It's bottle service, exactly Damn. right. I'm going to be in one of those chairs getting hammered, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, I could say dad's going to be ordering yeah. bottles of Dom over yeah. to the table near the end zone in the south southern portion of the stadium. So if you see my dad drunk, you didn't see yeah. anything. Keep yeah. it moving. Yeah. But they're walking down the tunnel the whole time, and there's all these people, and we're trying to kind of make sure that no one's taking pictures. Notre right. Dame doesn't want these uniforms to leak. And at the same time, those tours are going on, and there was probably, what, 12 to 15 takes of yes. Michael Mayer yes. doing the we are back part, oh, just my screaming God. it. Like, there's going to be a group <laughs> of people that went on those tours all day. It was like, man, I had a great time in Allegiant, beautiful stadium. They did a really great job building it. But some big meat stick was in the south end zone just screaming, we're back. Yeah, it was. It, they they did. I mean, for we're kind of, we aren't actors, but we're in the media business. Or we're you have your, your SAG card. Stuff. Well, I do have a SAG card. There you go. So much. Marcus and Mayer and Foskey don't. They were phenomenal. The, really the part where they did the three best friends, that song, again, if you haven't seen it, you will laugh your ass off. Um, they, they did such a great job. Now, getting to all the responses, certainly Notre Dame people loved it, and, and it was wild to see Notre Dame haters say they liked it. Then, of course, there's people, those uniforms are trash, blah, 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 blah. The thing that amazed me the most, and probably shouldn't have, is the lack of patience in the younger generation. Of, of, of the amount of tweets I saw, oh, four minutes, no shot, I'm watching this. I, I can't watch it more than 30 seconds. I'm like... Are you, are you shitting me? Four, four minutes? You can't put a video on and watch it for four minutes? I was stunned to see all of those comments. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to touch on it, but I don't want to sound like I was hating because I wanted to say that I'm surprised that that long of a video did that many numbers on the first day. Yeah. It's like only quality does cuts through that yep. way so yep. uh shouts out to notre dame film and, and everything they, they did getting that thing together but like knowing the generation that they're doing it for and still just getting the best script out there i don't know it was it was it was bold i mean let's let's be real hangover is really long too but uh i i thought i i it is fair to say that this younger generation and i'm surprised this younger gener generation even knows what hangover is uh, well, to be well, honest it's like, also pretty like well, noteworthy I mean, like it's an old movie at this point well, i mean for but them how, but how what is it though i mean 2009 yes. right yeah, that was that was thirteen years ago. Okay, I mean th these guys were okay. Mr. They Gullick. were young. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I was saying, Mr. Yeah, Gullick, like, like you, I, yeah, like you letting us watch Austin Powers in like the third and fourth grade yeah, was not true. normal. Like that's, that's the cash equivalent that's for me, true. and that's not normal. That's a good well, point. I, I tell you the one really cool part that I didn't expect is like we had cars there. We had the Rolls Royce there, and we had that the black SUV there, and these were like regular drivers, just you know, like hired drivers. These weren't like professional you know, race drivers. They were just or, like, or like actors. They were yeah, just drivers. Just drivers. And when we got back into the car after we said, not our problem, blah, 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 we they, they had told our driver, turn the wheel all the way to the right and just peel out and go. And and the first take, I, I don't know about you, Mike, I just expected this dude to half-ass pull away. This dude, it, it, it was like he was waiting to be asked to do this all his life. Brandon, this guy spun uh -oh. the wheel, 
hit the gas. We're spinning out. Dirt's flying everywhere. We're going, holy shit. And he kept going. At one point, we had to say, dude, stop. We're going to have to go. We got to go back. We're going to have to do a few more takes. He loved it. It was, it was Brandon, the scene where Gohan goes Super Saiyan 2 for the first time in Dragon Ball Z when the red line goes across the screen. That was the look in the driver's eyes when all of a sudden he realized he could just keep going. It, it was great. Because it was cool because we filmed that out in those like old dried out like lake uh, salt lakes or whatever yeah. they're called. The salt fields out off there were like they filmed. I think they filmed scenes from Casino out there yeah. and shit oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. So we were doing the thing where we drove a half hour off the strip and then at some point just turned off the street and drove into the desert, into the desert where they had yeah. set up all of this camera equipment. Wow. So yeah, these drivers are just out there whipping it through the oh, desert. So hey, funny. I, you gotta give them, you gotta give some credit to people from Vegas, man. They 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 ready, yeah. they ready for the action. Yeah, yeah, you it. said what? You said what? you want to flip the car over? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, Let's go. Yeah. One of them had an acting part in it where he had to hold up the helmet. Yeah, like yeah. these dudes did not ask questions. No. They were not having to get prepared because they stayed prepared. Yeah, it was fun and it was nice of of Notre Dame to ask you know you and I to do that. We we enjoyed that a lot. That was that was pretty. Cool. That, the celebrity drip from you two right now. Like I was like, this is a. This is a celebrity podcast right now, like especially coming off of this. Well, the, here's the cool thing, and and of course your mother said this. She said, uh, "Ken Jong, who plays you know Mr. Chow, follows my wife, so she Ooh. she sent to him this video and was like, hey, and, and he retweeted it. And I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, you get you get his, you know. Okay, that's pretty cool. I don't want to brag now, but uh, now he follows me too. Oh, for you to really? For you to follow, I love it. He doesn't follow I love me. It. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also very thirstily tweeted at him after he retweeted the video and said, just try to make you proud with the salute emoji. <laughs> so I was out here thirsty for the follow, but I got it. Yeah, you're, listen. You're, you're getting a lot of props, Mike. I'm just reading another tweet. Still haven't recovered from the caca at the one minute mark. It was you, you. You did it very well. Well, to Brandon's point too, I did it within the range of the Gen Z attention span. Like yeah, my part yeah. is getting loved because it was <laughs> yeah, within the short, time limit right. that they yes. may have actually watched. <laughs> so true. I was like, no oh one saw God. the. No one knows what the uniforms look like. I they know. just know I went gah. I could not believe all the well. I'm not sitting through this. It's not a oh, fucking man. feature film here. <laughs> I mean, my God. Hey, on Twitter. Oh, normal people it. can only post two minutes and 20 seconds. That's, that's true. That's I mean, this, this is basically the Snyder cut. Uh, but like, you know, going back to your point, Brandon, that, that just shows you the quality of the, of the filming and the editing and what they did. Absolutely. That that, that many people watched it. Yeah. Well, and like it also like, obviously we know Notre Dame's a big yeah. brand, but for Marcus Freeman to come in and be yeah. willing to do yeah. stuff like yeah. this Absolutely. as a first time head coach. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah. what he and you know we've we've talked to Marcus on this podcast and on Golik and Smetty, you know, gotten to visit with him and seen what the off season's been like. But to be able to balance all this with the work we know he's been doing on the recruiting trail and all that stuff, and like it just dad, I mean, for us getting to see the players interact with their head yeah. coach, yeah, like it was it was, nice. it was a it joke was. part of the thing where it's a like, hey, I'm not your best friend, I'm your coach, but right. there was that, hey, comfort level with the guy who for yeah. Isaiah Foskey was his coordinator last year on defense, right? right. But True. also, like you can tell that respect of the head coach who's now been at the helm of all this and just the willingness to kind of go out there yep. and do all the off-field stuff that Marcus has done because, as you guys well know, 
there's a lot of the Notre Dame football coach job that's not coaching football. And we still got to get to that point. It's still going to be about wins, but you can't ace the test on the other outside stuff any better than Marcus Freeman has through the yeah. first six months of his yeah. tenure. I mean, that that's what I everybody who asked, how is he? I said, listen, he's the nicest guy in the world. He treats the players great. The players love him. I said, which is all great. You love it. And he's a phenomenal recruiter. I mean, they're looking at, you know, the number one class coming in next year or the year after. Or I mean, but I said it ends up being it's going to be about wins. You know, that, yeah. that's ultimately he's had one game as a head coach, and it's tough to even count that because, you know, it was he got it, and all of a sudden there's a game. But now, hey, all right, you open up at Ohio State. Let's go. I mean, so he, he knows it, and everybody understands that as well. But it seems like – once these coaches win the locker room, win the the press conference, it feels like it feels like you expect it to happen on the field as well. It's like if he's so good at these things, these things are out of his wheelhouse. The thing that is his wheelhouse, he has to be amazing at. And that's why I think everyone's kind of really, really excited just to see how he handles coaching a Notre Dame football team, which we all know is very, very difficult. Well, you you guys know this. Anybody who's played know this. It's about what what's the head coach selling. You know, mm. are you buying what he's selling? You know, off the field, on the field, working together. What, what, what is he? What are he and his coaches selling? And is everybody on the buy-in mode? You know, that 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 goes a long way, especially at the college level. NFL, it can be a little different. That college level, that eighteen to twenty-two, there's a lot to it. Buy-in and then seeing results on the other side. Right. I think that's right. why we talk about the season and the importance there. There's already the foundation that's been built. Five straight double-digit win seasons with Brian Kelly at the helm. This yep. program was in a very healthy place, mm -hmm. and we know now it's just about finding the ceiling. So it's just, you know, that stuff's going to be very interesting. But I thought this was yet another example of, you know, a, a, a guy who is 36, who understands that, the Shamrock Series, which has always been a recruiting event. Like, Notre Dame yes. has done this off-site uniform game in big metro areas to try and hit recruiting hubs, to try and make it seem big as a sell, the uniforms. It is, you know, what you do at a place where you've got one of the best traditional uniforms. You're not Oregon in a place that's been able to sell that week in and week out. Like, this is a special occasion, and this just continues to show Marcus Freeman and the Notre Dame, you know, athletic department in general and the football department understanding, all right, there are ways that like we've modernized the program over the last 10 years, like Brian Kelly and Jack Swarbrick did, there's even more you can continue to do to kind of be relevant in different ways in that recruiting realm. Dude's 36 and the head coach at Notre Dame. You guys are what, both 32? What the hell? Like, honestly, I was going to, I was going to mention the fact that Man. the four years that we were in high school, he was in college. Yeah. Like, so like you calling him young man is very like, I think, what is it? So he was fresh out of college when, when, uh, when the hangover came out, <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. pretty much. Yeah. It's that's crazy to think about. That, well, that one of my of favorite, one of my favorite things that someone said, obviously people being upset, like Marcus Freeman trying to change my mind about Notre Dame. Like everyone's like trying to still hate Notre Dame as much as they possibly can. But somebody said, now me thinking that this was like an, an older movie reference, I thought I sound, found a, a hater comment that was going to elaborate on that. They said, it's weird that Notre Dame did such a recent movie. Isn't their average fan base age dead? Dead. Yeah, I saw that too. I saw that too. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, Always believe me, it's. 
Believe me, if you are a Notre, traditional Notre Dame hater who's found yourself weirdly kind of into what Notre Dame's doing, it feels just as weird for us to have you here yeah, yeah. as it feels for you to be here. So it's it's kind of like teetering on the edge of the cliff in a movie when you're all in the car. I'm just sort of sitting here and holding my breath, and I'm going to enjoy it while it's around, yeah, yeah. and I'm not going to count on it being that way for long because we know how people are with Notre Dame. Dad, yeah. uh, quick putting a bow on this one. What was your favorite part of that trip? Because I have mine by far. This favorite is just, part of the trip? The favorite yeah. part of the trip to Vegas to shoot this. Oh, wow. Uh, for me, probably gambling. I love gambling. <laughs> Even though I lost, I uh, I always enjoy the the hunt. So uh, I'm a big gambling guy. I did. I do want to make it known. I won money that weekend. You, you got your money back. I lost. Uh, yeah, it didn't, uh, didn't go well. I guess, Mike, I'd have to say really spending time with you is really Amen. the mm, highlight of my trip. How's that? Yeah, it's really good. The highlight of my trip was getting to ride that Rolls Royce to dinner when we went the night before. Oh, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? And <laughs> they, they had rented yeah. the Roll the Rolls Royce, and we're all sitting around. And we're and we were getting ready to go over to dinner at like the wind that night. Yeah, and they're like, "Should we take it to dinner?" And so pulling up. It, the only thing that I can liken that to, because when you pull up and that, people are looking at the, you know, where the um, valet is outside and usually expecting someone famous to get out of that. The only other time in my life I had something like that was when I was covering the Heisman Trophy ceremony the year Derrick Henry won. Me and Allie Bronson from ESPN Radio were there covering the event for ESPN Radio, doing the interviews after. And at one point when you're at that, I think, Sony Theater in downtown New York, you walk out towards this red carpet area and there's a bunch of reporters and press there with cameras, all that stuff. And I'm walking out of there after and I turn the corner and all I hear someone say is, oh, Tim Tebow. And all the cameras went up like this. And then I turned the corner and they saw it was me. And all the cameras went right back down. Oh, wow. That was the feeling I had of the valet stepping out of the Rolls Royce yeah. for dinner was, oh, some movie stars got, oh, okay, just bald fat guy. Okay. Yeah, just oh people we God. have no idea who they are. That was pretty cool riding around in that thing. We did go to dinner. There were like 12 of us. We ended up going to dinner uh, at the Win with, with uh, Brandon, with, and no, we're not, we're not lying at all, with a billionaire. With a billionaire oh. and a couple of people in his group, right? So as we're going in, someone from our group, uh, who will, I, I will not name, said, do we need to like, you know, should we like say we want to buy or, you know, buy dinner? I'm <laughs> like, do not even think about reaching into your pocket. I said, this man is a billionaire. Don't even try the, oh, let me. Yeah, the fake and, reach. Yeah. Keep your hands in your pocket. There is, I guarantee you there is zero expectation that anyone in our group is going to reach for that check. There's I don't no even, shot. Don't try it. I don't even reach for the wallet when I'm at dinner with you. Yeah, I, I know. Believe me. So that's why I can honestly say it wasn't Mike asking me that question. <laughs> I didn't even bring my wallet to dinner. Yeah, I wanted my yeah. pants to look smooth. I'm like, man, no way. And of course, obviously, the guy was he was going to take great, wonderful man. It was a... It was a lot of fun. It was a it was a quick trip, but it was a it was a fun trip, and and it turned out turned out very very well for for the the uh, the uh, uniform reveal for sure. Oh yeah, no. you guys did an amazing job. I have one question though: Did a billionaire speak? I feel oh, like yeah. billionaires don't speak. Oh no, oh, actually, yeah. actually, okay. um, I was there a little early, so I, I ended up getting to sit right next to him and chat with him. Very very Ooh. nice man for a while, but then when everybody else came, I knew you know Marcus was needed to sit by him, so. 
I went, me and Mike went to the other side of the table. Yeah, <laughs> we, we put the shit pigs down at the other yeah, end of this yeah. thing and turned it into a trough. So yeah, old habits did. old habits die hard on that. Yeah, but no, yeah. awesome trip. Cannot thank uh, Fighting Irish Media, yeah, yeah. Katie Lonergan, the sports oh, information director, for asking phenomenal. us to be a part of this. Uh, so it was ton of fun on that one. Ton of fun. And it is one of those other things, like we said, feels like football season now. Yep. Yeah, it's yes, all starting absolutely. to make God. it a little bit more real. Thank God. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, speaking of the generational clash between things in football season, I thought this was interesting. Um, Did you guys see Cam Hayward came out and had some words about About Ben Ben Roethlisberger? No. So Ben Roethlisberger had done a a wide-ranging interview in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and he said, talked about how the game has changed. And he said, the team was so important, referring to his first few seasons in Pittsburgh. It was all about the team, and now it's about me and this and that and the other. I might be standing up on a soapbox, but that's my biggest takeaway from when I started to the end. It turned from team first to a me-type attitude. It's hard. It's hard for these young guys, too. Social media, they're treated so well in college. Now this new NIL stuff, which is unbelievable. They're treated so special. They're coddled at a young age because college coaches need them to win, too. I know Terry Hopner never coddled me. I know neither did Bill Cower. Now, Cam Hayward, who's got a new podcast, uh, the star all-pro defensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, not just football with Cam Hayward, says he took that some type of way. He said, we have a lot of young players that came from different backgrounds, have experienced different things from what others or I may have experienced. That doesn't make them selfish or more of a me-type attitude. There are a lot more team-first guys than me-type guys. I took offense to that. Now, he went on to explain, like, he doesn't have beef with Ben Roethlisberger. Cam Hayward and Ben were teammates for a long time. But I thought, Dad, where did you fall on this? Because I I thought it was very – it's a good sign. Pittsburgh's always had good leadership in that locker room. But Cam Hayward basically saying, I'm going to stick up for my guys in the locker room that I'm a captain in now was the response I would absolutely expect. So I make this a, a broader uh, – in the broader scope of just what – Sometimes the older generation, and I guess for Ben, early getting into the league to now, two mm-hmm. guys playing older akin to, you know, the old guy, you know, on his front porch getting off my lawn of saying the money's better for these players, the conditions are better, they don't have to practice two, hit two days in a row, they make more money, training camps are easier. They are, they are. I mean, they, they just are. So, and then 
it's more of a me attitude than a we attitude. So I, I think this is all one big thing of just where we are right now. And I don't find fault in any of it. It's just where we are. It is going to look like more of a me attitude because we see it. You don't think when I was playing, guys were in that locker room still, I mean, with a me attitude? That me attitude has been going on since the beginning of football. Right. But you see it more now because guys are out there more now. When Even when I was playing, you didn't see any of us unless we got interviewed on the news or you read a newspaper. Now, guys can be out there. Just put as, air quotes as, around the newspaper. Yeah, well, I mean, now guys can be out there as much as they want, right? They can, they have their brand, and I don't blame them because it, it's it's now it's part of it. It's not just I play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's my brand as well, and I get it. And any player that played in the old time in, in in the old times back years ago, <laughs> if they played in this time now, they would be doing the same thing. You can still do that and be a team guy just because you're out on social media or you have a pod or you're repping your brand of what what whatever you're trying to push out there or saying look at me for this doesn't mean you're not a team guy in the locker room it's just more public now and more evident we can see it all because it's right there in front of us so to me it's just the big part of the game is different the players are softer they're coddled it's the way the game is right now. Players fought for certain things in the CBA of easier OTAs, less done in OTAs. As I said, less done in training camp, less pads in the regular season to prolong their careers. It doesn't make them softer. Rules have changed. You can't go headhunting anymore. That's a smart thing. It doesn't make the game softer. It just, it, in some cases, it makes the game better. So it's like any sport. They've all changed. We've all talked about the whole basketball thing. Oh, the guy today couldn't play in the 80s. He'd get his ass kicked. I mean, it's it's to me, it's a ridiculous argument right now. It's where we are. It's where each game has evolved to and how the players deal with it. It, it is, I think, interesting because what you brought up with the stuff, like structurally with the NFL and the PA, that would be the generation of players who might be inclined to complain about that because even Cam Hayward, was a 2011 draft pick. He's been right. in the league for over a decade. Right, like right. He's going into year 12 right now, so he is not a young player in this league. But all those things you talked about were fought for at the CBA that was signed the year he came into the league. So right. this would essentially be like parents' complaint. Like I always think that, and as someone who's now staring at the generation below me for the first time in Gen Z, like right. there are problems that we all created with our behavior. Like, Dad, you guys as parents and as a generation worked hard to give all of your kids certain things in life. Brandon, I'm sure you're doing it right now as a dad. You want to give your kids the best things, all that stuff. And then when the behavior looks different, you're like, where did this come from? It's like, well, this is the environment that you created. And if you're the NFLPA and some of the older players, those negotiations in 2011 are the reason you have easier training camps now. You did all this stuff to take care of these guys, and so now for that side, you definitely can't complain about it. But think about for Ben Roethlisberger, too, I'm sure, the way he's perceiving this. He played with Antonio Brown, who we yep. have seen shown in the light in a very different way than he was perceived for a long time. Juju yeah. Smith-Schuster, who was one of the first and most notable TikTok athletes, and then Chase Claypool, who was drafted out right. of Notre Dame, right. and very much joined in with him as a guy who was a real public face of that. Like That seems to be where this came from for Ben Roethlisberger is having a wide receiver room full of guys that were very out there on a lot of those apps. And, and let me quickly say, just because I explained it the way I did, doesn't mean I like all of it. 
But it doesn't mean I liked everything when I was playing either. There are things you like and things you don't like. But what I understand is it's just where we are. It's just what's going on. It's like NIL in college. You could not like it, but you can't even do shit about it because it ain't going anywhere. So right. how do you deal with it? You know, you just gonna go, oh, I don't like that. Well, great. See ya. End the conversation. So I don't like everything that goes on now, just like I didn't like everything that went on some things when I played, but I just understand this is where we are. I just feel like this was, these are things that are going to come through the cracks now that Ben Roethlisberger is no longer a Steeler and Cam Hayward and those other people still are. Like, you no longer have to acquiesce in, and I say that too much on this podcast, you don't have to continue to do as Ben Roethlisberger asks yeah. because I do know for a fact that Ben Roethlisberger has rabbit ears for the media. Uh, he he will talk to somebody if he if he hears you saying something even halfway uh, throwing shade towards his way. So I feel like the Steelers for a long time under Ben Roethlisberger, the team, the locker room felt silenced and and feel like they couldn't really uh, say what they felt about anything that had to do with big Ben and his play. And because, you know, like you said, the last, the, his last year was just, it was a tour out now that he's gone. And now that he's popping off, I love that Cam Hayward's like, Hey, like, no, like that. And all he said was that rubbed me the wrong way. Let's be real about what was said. It's not like, now he was coming at him the way even Tyreek Hill was coming at Patrick Mahomes a few weeks ago. He was just saying, I don't agree with, with the, the head guy, former head guy's opinion on this. And listen, just just like all through the decades of, of any sport, players roll their eyes at other players. How many times do you think the players in that Steelers locker room, when they heard Ben talk about an injury he had, did that guy talk about more injuries that he had or he's thinking about retiring? How many eye rolls do you think went in that locker room? Go, oh, here he goes again, talking mm-hmm. about an injury, talking about – I mean, that's the one thing, And you, again, you guys know. You know what goes on in the locker room. Yeah, well, you even know about that before you even get there. Like a, a quick little anecdote: a friend of mine was a defensive lineman when Tim Tebow was uh, getting drafted, and they were all in Indy for the combine, and they were about to take the Wonderlick. And Tim Tebow, like, stood up, grabbed someone's hands, like, "Hey guys, let's all pray before we take this test." And uh, defensive lineman for Alabama, I think it was uh, Terrence Cody, it's like, "Man, if you don't shut the fuck up, <laughs> like, like." A buddy of mine told me, like, that's what happened. Like, like Tim Tebow got son. He's like, come on, dude. Like, because yeah. he was that before we even got there. Like, we know right. about these players. We're yeah. even not even being on the same team with them. It, it With Pittsburgh, too, this sort of mentality from Cam Hayward's side of things, that's a top-down thing because I saw there was a clip that um, I think Kevin Clark from The Ringer posted of Mike Tomlin on the pivot with Ryan Clark, yeah. who was a player yeah. from Mike Tomlin for years there, where he talked about, coaches in the league who sort of run from the job of coaching when mm. he said you he's like i love reading these draft evals that talk about a guy who has bad bad hand placement he goes i just want to hear them talk about pedigree because all of that other stuff is coaching and that's the stuff i relish i run mm. to that i don't run from that i'm sure cam hayward looks at this and says this locker room is going to be uh you know an image or a reflection of my leadership like if we think that there is any sort of that attitude, I think I have the ability to make sure that that's not the case because this is the effect that we're having in this locker room. This is what I want our space to be. So it is something that from Mike Tomlin on down is made very personal in that organization. And that's why they've never had a season under 500 under Mike Tomlin because that's the attitude and approach they take from him. Yeah, and, and listen, most NFL locker rooms, coaches want the players to run it. 
They would rather mm. not be involved in it. Now, some coaches can't help themselves and, and want to have their finger on everything. But for the most part, you know, coaches want a Cam Hayward, you know, and a Brett Kiesel, you know, years ago. Or want, mm-hmm. want those veterans to run the locker room. Well, Dad, even like specifically with that space, like how are you guys? Because I, I remember like there are some instances where players will kind of make sure coaches get out of the locker room space pretty quickly. Like that is in some places, the player's space. Like, they don't want it feeling like the people from the building upstairs are wandering around in a spot that's supposed to be kind of the safe harbor for the guys in the team. And I and I think play, uh, coaches learn that. Like, when I was in Houston with the Oilers, Jerry Glanville was a first-time head coach, and he, you know, he liked that the kind of that tough guy role, and on the road he'd leave two tickets for Elvis. That was kind of his shtick. But I think you learn at some point, and a lot of it, too, depends on the team. If you have a young team, maybe you have to be a little more involved. But we had a decent amount of veterans on that team, and I don't remember Jerry being down in that locker room too much in Philadelphia. Listen, the amount of A personalities we had in that Philadelphia locker room, we had Buddy Ryan, an A personality type coach, but he knew, he knew, and it was that locker room was going to run itself. And let me tell you, there were more than a few fights in that locker room. Yes. But but that locker room took care of itself. And then I finished up in Miami, and this was when Don Shula was starting to come to the end, you know, of the road for I was on the team the, the team of the year he set the record for most wins uh in NFL history. And that was another one where the players he was he was not around. The players I ran that locker room. So again, I think most coaches want it to be that way. They have enough on their plate. As we know, coaches are neurotic. The last thing in the world they want to do is have to be down and, and, and be hovering over the locker room and making sure everything, you know, is copacetic there. Yeah. I think, I think the history with Cam Hayward makes a difference too. Just I agree. Because, you know, cause like I don't see TJ Watt coming out and saying anything. Cause there's no history there. He's like, all right, well, Ben said what? Okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Like Cam, Cam is a part of the pedigree a little bit so yeah. much that he's he's defending Steelers, the players on the team, and the mindset that that Tomlin really pushes a lot. So I, I do think it was, it was a little personal there as well. It was, and and again, Cam did all the right things in making sure he's like this is not a shot at Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Hayward. Like Cam Hayward is a guy I got to know a little bit briefly there, and have seen around at events. That locker room's in very good shape with yeah, that man yes. as a leader. Agreed. So that is Agreed. a unit you can trust with that guy at the helm. Those are sure hands. Uh, Dad, before we let you go out here, we've talked so much about Era's stuff today. I realized that I think the last time we had you on, we talked about how dumb it is to do the comparison of like sports and athletes over Era's. Yeah. Can I tell you guys how much joy it brought me to see Draymond New Media Green out on Twitter this last week? tweet i'm watching the 98 bulls versus utah in the finals and i can't help but notice our 2017 team would have beaten those bulls by a dub and these jazz by 40 if they're going to play these brands of basketball and that's why it's dumb to compare eras and i appreciate so much one that draymond green who has done the new media thing and made that kind of his moniker right after that tweet on the same day the next tweet said Learn to appreciate things for what they are. Analyze the game and stop unnecessary debating. Yours truly, the new media. Like, dog, you got to pick a side on that one. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It is July. I get it. Like, Draymond Green is in his first offseason as a content creator, which means he is learning how dry the desert is 
in July yeah. and that you got to populate it with some bullshit every once in a while. I don't begrudge him that, right? I'm just saying, admit you dipped a toe in the old media water and you kind of like how it felt. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's learning the lessons we all learn, especially in a tough time of the year to say one thing and then go on the other side as well. So... I, I, listen, the whole this whole new media thing, I, I, I kind of crack up like at, at that as well. That that again, something I know is out there because I know current players all have that platform now. But I'm not going to lie, they're the they, some of them think they they have a down pat and they are the new media and they are the new world, you know. And and it's I just kind of kind of smile and nod a little bit as you see them kind of step in it every now and then. Even though we'll see now, I know he's talking about he wants an ext- uh, the max extension, and it's going to be interesting going- to see what the Warriors do with that one. I was going to, I was about to say yeah. that because yeah. you could say Draymond is showing how green he is in the media uh, because Boom. he is, well yeah, bam, 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 um, because he's out here talking about this. Meanwhile, he can't even get max contract from his from the his, his team that he won. All of those yeah. wonderful championships with, and I think it's crazy that he is demanding max money. And I hope his new media deal can can help him uh, bring some excitement to a franchise that needs it because he is flirting with dangerous waters, trying to get shipped off to to nowhere, no man's where, to prove that he's uh, actually Draymond Green. Not that yeah. he's a bad player. Not that he's no, like, but he's like, it's not, it's not about was, that. It's about do you get him? Do, do you deserve a, a max? I mean, that that's what it comes down to. And where's yeah. the money on the team? Yeah, yeah, because Draymond Green was super important to that team for a large portion of the season. When we were talking yeah. about Golden State being back in the middle of the year, it's because of all the things Draymond did. We saw a lot of his limitations, especially offensively, now right. show up late in the postseason yep. and in the yep, finals. But he still affected the game in all those other ways. It's just he's always going to be a player that's hard to quantify worth. Like even his Hall of Fame discussion is really tough because on accomplishment and everything, he's going to get in. Right. But I've heard a lot of people argue about the merit of that. On, on play, and it's right. just because he's such a unique player, a guy his size yeah. playing that position the way he has as sort of the communicative part of that defense is a tough thing for us, especially on the outside of the basketball world to kind of recognize. And I'll be very curious how Golden State chooses to value that because I can't, I can't, I don't know their cap situation off the top I, I don't of my either. head, like where they are with the luxury tax, but yeah, yeah basketball is so intricate with their luxury, their luxury uh, cap and, and all involved. I, I don't know either. So a lot of people would say he doesn't deserve the max. Some say, and others will say, give him the max. Again, I don't know their money situation, but I will quickly say this again. And I said this for 20 some years, I've been on the air to try and say what a team today would do against a team in the eighties is the dumbest, stupidest, shittiest argument known to mankind. To sit there and say, we would have done this, or no, we would have done that, because as soon as somebody from the 80s hears that, they fire back and said, no, we'd have kicked your ass, we'd have knocked you on the ground. It is just a horrible, horrible, ridiculous discussion. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. 
The Golden State Warriors have the NBA's highest payroll. Oh, okay. Well, Ooh. yeah. Joe, Joe Lacob, uh, their owner, was fined $500,000 for labeling the luxury tax as, quote, unfair on the Point Forward podcast with Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner, which, by the way, over at our friends at the Levitard Show, definitely download and check that out. There you go. See, I don't know what he, what the rest of his contract is or what he what he's making, but I certainly know what what maxes are and what he could be making. I, I, and so I, I don't know enough about the financials if they can fit that in, you know, uh, and, and have it work to continue to do what they want to do. And that's, hey, we have a good group together to win championships. Part of that good group, though, is Draymond Green. You know, even though, again, he yeah. didn't show it as much coming down the end of the finals there. But, man, he's a guy. He's a guy when you look over there, you say, I'm glad he's on my team. He's a guy I want on my team. Because as much but as you it, want to talk about James Wiseman coming back next year, that was a guy who everyone during the finals was like, they're doing all of this, and they're not even getting the benefits of their former first-round pick, this like freak athlete seven-footer. Right, right. It's not like a one-to-one swap there for the no. stuff that Draymond does for you, team culture-wise, attitude-wise, on the floor-wise even. But I want to hear what, how Draymond puts a spin on it. Like, you know how he he's in the shits, so he has a better understanding, but he also is just a very loud and – and vibrant speaker, so he's going to paint the picture as if he's, you know, can go trade for trade for with Kevin Dur- uh, Kevin Durant. Like I, I, I want to hear. Now I want to listen to podcasts just to hear Draymond defend himself on why he sh- deserves the max contract. Because I, I just yeah. want to hear. I just want to hear explanation because that it, seems always, crazy. Always fun to hear those kind of conversations, but we all know what it comes down to is who carries the leverage hammer, who has the leverage hammer. You know, does the player have it? Does the team have it in this case? And who can swing it? But it is fun to hear the comments because then that helps, you know, content for our shows. <laughs> yeah, well, and for Draymond's show. So it's going to be fascinating yeah, right. to watch him yeah. navigate his own potential extension over the next couple of years because I think he can opt out of the 23-24 season and become a free agent next summer. Okay. So it'll be fascinating to watch all of that. And I'm sure the Draymond Green show is going to do monster downloads in the meantime. Go get that paper, young man. Go get that paper. Uh, My go, Junior. Can I ask your dad one thing real quick? Uh-huh. Mr. Golick. Yes? Where are you at on the all-time burger debate that we've been having on this podcast? Oh, Christ. Specifically about Five Guys Burgers versus In-N-Out. And I think that's like kind of boiling down too much. I, I just want to hear you gl- uh, gloat and glow and talk about uh, the burgers that are out there for purchase. Uh, real quick, just to say, Draymond made twenty five. Uh, he makes twenty five million this year, and then next year it's a player option. I think it's a player option. Player option for twenty seven million. Just yeah. So he's he makes twenty five point eight this upcoming season, twenty seven five and twenty three twenty four, where he can okay. opt out. All right. Uh, burgers. Um, I love In and Out. I will take an In and Out over a Five Guys. So, yes. Uh, that that that's that's me. I go in and out. I like in and out. Listen now, whenever we do this, it doesn't even have to be about food. It makes it sound like I don't like Five Guys. I love Five Guys. I mean, you could put a Five Guys down in front of me, and 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 I'll eat it in a heartbeat. But if you're telling me to pick one, I'll grab the In and Out over the Five Guys. Yeah, and I don't want to be uh, seem like I'm a hater for Five Guys. Uh, we were when we were at the Gullet Classic, I didn't know what type of food y'all was going to have at the event, so I had Five Guys. Uh, Uber Eats to the hotel that was waiting on me when I got Are back. Are you from the serious? Event. Wait, hold on. What? How could you wonder what a Golic <laughs> family event yeah. would have for food? 
Well, don't, 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 don't blame me. to that. Don't blame that on us. You wanted to do some fat shit. Yeah. That was, yeah. you knew yeah. there was going to be good food at the event and you just felt it's like not, doing some fat no, shit. No, don't it's ever. I don't even want to hear out of your mouth. I wasn't sure what the Golics were going to have for food. That hands him a knee, chicken ass him a fat shit. Hands him a knee, chicken ass him a fat shit. <laughs> I I wasn't prepared for the greatest truck or the you know Ben's pretzels truck or all the different things that uh, were delicious to eat. Or the giant bar, like plate that. of taco meats. Oh yeah. Or the mac yeah. and cheese bowls. As far as the eye could see, it was like goddamn Lion King out there. Everything the sun tight touches <laughs> is fucking edible. Yeah. Yeah. How I'm, fucking I'm, dare you? I'm hurt. Brandon, I'm not gonna lie that you prefaced it that way. I was, I, I mean, I was just trying to say that I like Five Guys too. Okay, well, you said it in a very horseshit way. <laughs> between between your accusations and yeah, my dad's yeah. burger choice, yeah. this podcast is officially over. Download, subscribe, rate, review, go look at Smetty wherever you get your podcast. Dad, get the hell out of here. Bye. I'm going to get an in and out. All right, well, after that burger take, that'll officially be the last time my dad's ever on this podcast. <laughs> He's just being honest, Mike. He's just being, He's being wrong. honest. And he didn't even he didn't even get into why, but that we don't need that at this time. No, you know what? Once I heard that answer, I knew that that was not an opinion I needed to hear anymore of because he already had the wrong one. Which again, can't can't you can't want good things for people? They've got to want it for themselves. And you know they're in they're in Arizona uh, for half the year and. That's about as close you're going to get to In-N-Out, uh, other than L.A. Oh, there's plenty of In-N-Outs in Arizona. Again, yeah. I have left Arizona, the long Vegas. line of an In-N-Out burger and gone down the street to a Wendy's and been perfectly happy in Scottsdale. It's wonderful. Anyways, before we get to one of our favorite times in this podcast, with a real wild pre-practice move in training camp for one NFL team... want to talk to you about Dr. Emil Nutrition. Speaking of training camp and getting your body right... We're about getting our body right on this podcast. Almost hurt myself real bad in the gym yesterday. Had a real scary moment where I decided to put a bar on my back again for the first time in a while for some reason. And man, did I get that shot across the top of my back where I thought I was about to yank every muscle on earth. But Uh thankfully, it didn't happen. And I was able to continue on my workout because I'd taken better care of myself thanks to things like Dr. Emil Nutrition. Dr. Emil has been trying to make a handcrafted healthy journey that he can enjoy. Now he wants to share it with other people here. It's about holistic approach to health and happiness being accessible to everyone here. They've got a variety of products for gut health, pre-workout supplements. They've got the quality sleep aid, the easy dose sleep support that helps you there, which I think is one of the biggest part that goes underutilized for people is making sure you are doing the proper things recovery-wise. Dr. Emil's has an array of natural, high-quality supplements that were all hand-selected to act, uh, can enhance each aspect of your personal wellness journey. Go ahead and visit DrEmilNutrition.com and use the discount code GOJO20 for 20% off plus free shipping on all orders. That's G-O-J-O-2-0. Again, for 20% off plus free shipping on all orders. DrEmilNutrition.com. That's D-R-E-M-I-L. Brandon. You know what time it is? Fresh out the box. Stop. Look and watch. Ready yet? Get set. It's all that. Oh, oh, oh. This, that, and the third. This, that, and the third. 
Oh, it's on the introduction. It's on, it's on your mind. The show is up. Show's this, that, and the third. Exquisite. <laughs> Ending the week on a real hot... Brand, you've been on heater this week. You've been on an absolute tear. Oh my gosh, you just you're just you're just pleased with me. So I thank you. I hope everyone else is as well. Download, subscribe, rate, review, five star ratings. Again, we always want feedback on Brandon's remarkable work on this, that, and the third. But uh Brandon, all that, let's all that man. All all this, that, and the third. I feel like you gotta put it in like you know how people do that, like put it in parentheses, just all that, this the third this, on the that, outside. And the third, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Nailed it. Way to over explain the joke, Mike. Uh Brandon, let's get to this viral video out of training camp because we mentioned we're in training camp season right now. We're getting catches out of people wearing no pads, ooing and eyeing over all sorts of shit, trying to break down the Baker Mayfield-Sam Darnold quarterback contest in shorts. It's perfect. But the video that went viral was from Detroit Lions training camp. Head coach Dan Campbell doing up-downs with his team during the pre-practice warm-up. Everyone made a big deal that Dan Campbell was out there, wrist taped, doing up-downs with the team. I have no doubt that he's in the Mike Vrabel cast of uh, head coaches that are out here slugging it out with their team in drills. Dan Campbell is an exceptional save. My question is... Go ahead, please. Up-downs in the NFL. What are we doing? Ooh... Yes. Like, Brandon, when yes. Dan Campbell first got hired, I was doing uh, Highly Questionable with Bamani Jones and somebody else, and I said, my first thought when Dan Campbell got the head coaching job and had that press conference where he was talking about kneecap biting and all that stuff was, they are about to run so much nine-on-seven inside <laughs> run drill in full pads, I cannot believe the NFLPA will be able to get away through this without suspending them practices in the offseason. And when I saw this, it just kind of reaffirmed what we already knew. Dan Campbell, built different guy. He's going to make you do things that probably no other veteran in any other training camp is ever going to have to do. Yeah, but like I hope that this means that this team is going to be tough as nails, Steelers, steel curtain style players. But as we talked about with your dad, it's a different era. This stuff right here makes your players soft. They gonna be tired. Like, like is the, if this isn't a punishment, Dan Campbell, why are we doing up-downs? Yeah, that was the weird thing is it looked like it was just a part of their pre-practice warm-up. Because, yeah. it, it, listen, Mike Tomlin once famously said in the NFL, I don't have to punish you. I just get to lighten your wallet if you do some fucked up stuff. Mm. Like, it is very easy. You get fined because you're paid real money at that level. So I don't think they were being punished, but... Brandon, and that team, it's it, there's a ton of Notre Dame guys on that team, and everyone I've talked to loves Dan Campbell, has loved yeah. playing for him up there. And that has been a tough team. Like, they're a Jared Goff, you know, whatever that quarterback situation is, away right. from, you know, they're a quarterback away from, I think, being a solid team. Offensive yeah. and defensive line, their O-line has become one of my favorite to watch in the NFL. They're not great yet, but they've got really good young pieces. Their D-line, Aiden Hutchinson, went on home to the exact team that he should have been on all along. That was like Mac Jones yeah. going to the Patriots. It just felt right. Right. Exactly. So him and Dan Campbell can have a goatee off during training camp. But all that aside... It, <laughs> It's just amazing. And that's one of those things I feel like you can only get away with with a young team, right? Because I couldn't imagine a guy in year 10 out there doing up-downs. Like. Well, I, I mean, I, we talked about Cam Hayward earlier. Like, I, I can't imagine Mike Tomlin telling oh, hell no. the defense, hey, 
Updowns, uh, uh, one of the publications online jokes said that Dan Campbell's doing a burpee for every loss they had last year. Uh, like, this is equivalent of, like, sending someone on a big lap when they miss an assignment. Like, I, for the entire team to be doing this, I know it's not a complete waste of time, but hopefully it's, like, literally just a wake-up drill. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Dan Campbell came over, pushed the strength coach aside, like, all right, no, these guys, no, they were sleeping in meetings. We're going to wake them up right now. Let's do 30 burpees to get started. The best part of this video, because burpees are a top five shitty thing that you have to yes. do as a punishment. Over and the yes, we know burpees, up, downs, same shit. I just want to let everybody know we've been going in between the two. It's the same shit. Not really. Burpees, you, they're doing up downs. Burpees, you have to get up and, and touch and jump to the sky at the top. Well, yeah, burpees are like a much more controlled movement. Up down, as you see in this video, my favorite part about this video was assessing the up down form needed to cheat the drill. Because the real key to any up down as you get tired is keeping your torso as close to the ground as possible. You want to minimize Ooh. movement to get you from point A to point B very quickly and just get through this exercise. Because no one's going to make the team based on how they do up-downs, even in Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions team. You're just trying to survive the drill. I would say the, the key to up-downs is just doing whatever you're going to do consistently. Like this coach next to Dan Campbell is just doing the uh, key and peel, like like – uh, pelvic thrust on the ground like he's keeping his chest there's well some guys from... stroking the earth and like we yes exactly but we we we've been here before we know this like i just looked at i was like oh look there goes a hafiz up down like there's different styles of up downs from everyone that's trying to get around getting the up downs done I'm just curious if these up-downs are going to persist once pads go on. Oh, because man. once you've had practice a couple of days and the dead legs start to hit this is where, like, you're going to have fights starting earlier in practice if you've got this going on at the beginning. Oh, absolutely. And, like, let's not let's – not... this is uh, akin to when we first got to Notre Dame and Coach Weiss would end every practice with a field goal kick that our kicker would normally miss – and we had to run afterwards. And we did a lot of running with Coach Weiss at the end of every practice. And that didn't happen at the end when Coach Kelly got there. He said, I want you guys to be tired from what you guys did during practice. So it's a whole uh, like mindset thing of how to go into this. This feels like more on the uh, working harder, not smarter. It's amazing because Dan Campbell, there's so much that exists in the Dan Campbell experience. This is a guy who made a lot of really progressive hires on the staff, hired a lot of former players, hired a lot of former players of color as well, like has a really good staff that again, a lot of guys love in the NFL playing for former players who understand what they went through. But at the same time, to then be the former player head coach who also makes your team do up-downs is like the galaxy brain exploding moment. So... Good luck I, I, in training honestly, camp to everyone yeah. in Detroit because as someone who went through training camp with a Steelers team who was coming off an 8-8 eight and eight season with a very pissed off Mike Tomlin, when a head coach wants to make camp harder hitting, like they made everyone wear knee braces. You don't have to do that in the NFL. And there was a couple of injuries early on in camp and Mike Tomlin required the offensive line and defensive line to wear knee braces during camp. So these guys can flip the switch and make that shit hard. We've often heard about guys going into this new CBA training camp who feel like it's a little bit easier. It can get hard and I feel like the fine folks in Detroit are going to need our thoughts and prayers to get on through this one. So Amen. enjoy that one, fellas. Uh, Brandon, let's get to that. And that 
is Aaron Rodgers got jokes. He do. So Devontae Adams, former Green Bay Packers star receiver out in Vegas, made headlines the other day when he was asked about making the transition from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. And he told CBS Sports, anytime you change quarterbacks from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, it's going to be a little bit of adjustment. Now, Devontae Adams kind of expounded on those comments and basically said he kind of phrased it the wrong way. But he was trying to talk up his new quarterback, trying to be nice to Derek Carr, a guy that he's known going back to their days in college. So we understood it. Aaron Rodgers got to the locker room today and was asked about Alan Lazard possibly replacing Devontae Adams as the Packers' number one wide receiver. And he said, yeah, you know, I mean, it's tough going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. From Devontae to Allen, it's going to be a transition, but he's capable of a lot. Um, He also joked that we're a defensive team now without Adams, but he made sure to clarify that that was tongue-in-cheek. Brandon, I hope, like, Aaron Rodgers has become a very divisive figure over the last few years. We talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers on the podcast yesterday with Charlotte Wilder. I hope people are just able to let this be a joke. Yeah, at this point in time, it's like once you keep keep joking, like obviously it's going to make news and, you know, there's going to be a graphic about it on Bleach Report Gridiron because that's what they do. But I think we've removed the uh, seriousness from all Aaron Rodgers' uh, comments. You know, like the, it's like oh, let's, 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 put him, let's, put him, let's put him into context because that's where he lives. Well, I just feel like because there were people talking about you know this is a bad look on Alan you know on Alan Lazard because it's kind of a dig at him. I'd imagine Alan Lazard kind of knows what time it is around there. I'd imagine he's been there long enough to know Aaron Rodgers. I don't think this is a very big deal, and I'm not going to make a straw man and assume people are getting upset. I saw a couple of tweets. I, I just hope we can let this be a joke. It was kind of funny given the time period there, and hopefully it's allowed to be just that. Yeah, yeah, we we know Aaron Rodgers doesn't need well. We've seen him do it without Hall of Fame receivers. So, uh, oh God, not this we, again. What I'm I'm it's it's tongue in cheek. It's tongue in cheek. Oh, there's levels to that joke there. Yeah, yeah. All right, Brandon, let's let that joke die and get to the third. This was a story that came up yesterday. Raise the Raising Cane's owner. But Mega Millions lottery tickets for all 50,000 employees of Raising Cane's. He bought 50,000 tickets on Monday, one for each employee at the Chicken Chain with locations in 35 states. Now, at that point, Brandon, we were still waiting to find out if there was going to be a winner for Mega Millions. Where the pot had grown to $810 million. Woo. And Brandon, I got good news. Nobody won. So, the jackpot now sits at $1.02 billion Mm, mm, for mm, Friday's mm. Mega Millions drawing. Which means one thing. It's time for the Gojo podcast to go out there and make sure we got representatives in two different states. We got to canvas this and make sure that we are giving our part to this. Yeah, maybe maybe you as our leader should buy... Uh, lottery tickets for all the employees that work for Gojo, which is... You know what, Brandon? That's a great call. I am going to make the charitable move of buying Mega Millions tickets for Friday for everyone a part of the Gojo podcast. Love it. Love it. Just give and give and give. 
My question is: Does Ty Graves, does Ty Graves run it back? The 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 founder yeah, of you, Raising Canes. You think everyone at Raising Canes is kind of looking up, like so? Yeah, so. I know you got 100K more. This is like spend. when Mattress Mac does that Super Bowl promo every year where he's like, oh, yeah, it'll be free if so-and-so wins the Super Bowl. It's like, all right, man, yeah. like, you, you got to come. Right. If you did it once and no one won, you kind of have to pony up again now or you look cheap. Yeah, maybe just the executives or maybe just the lower-level people. But uh, at a certain point in time, I guess Raising Cane's has to get back to slinging chicken, chicken fingers and, and, and toast. And coleslaw and, and stop, you know, scratching lottery tickets, too. Listen, man, nothing wrong with that. That being said, Brandon, uh, you win the lottery. I heard – I got a text randomly from Jessica Smetana when her and my dad were recording Golik and Smetty the other day. And they were talking about this. I don't know how it came up, but all the text said was, if you won Mega Millions, would you give me a million dollars? And my answer was, yeah. So if you won Mega Millions, Brandon, would you break me off? Oh, yeah, Definitely. All right. Like, likewise, we got the pact here then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not even the, and not even considering the fact that you bought the ticket. Like I'll just, you know, I'll just be like, do you, you have know, like your lottery? Do you have your lottery plan for if you win? Oh man, I, honestly, can I do this real quick? I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I just recently filmed a lightning storm. It's like a heat storm. You know, like like have you ever seen those? Oh, yeah. Like it was just like a bunch of lightning going on. And I was sitting there researching lightning, and it says that lightning touches the the earth three million times a day. That equals forty four lightning strikes a second. And I said, "Oh, I never fully understood how much a million was. I don't think." <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, wait what? Well, I mean, the biggest difference that I ever heard was between like a million and a billion dollars is a million dollars, I believe in ones, stacks up to about the height of your hip okay. and a billion dollars in the same denomination of currency. So whatever it was, whether it was ones or hundreds, right. I truly forget, but let's say it's ones. A billion dollars of ones is taller than the Empire State Building. Shut the f mic. No, that's not real. Whew. So I like, like, we, like we like we said with Charlotte. Like I wish I had an affinity, but you know I'm just out here living. I I can promise you one thing, Brandon. And I have I have maintained this forever. When I was in training camp with the New Orleans, or it was in the off season program with the New Orleans Saints, Mega Millions was in like the sim a similar spot. And every week when it would go up, I would come in and I would tell everyone in the locker room, guys, take a good look. This is the last day you will ever see me. <laughs> Because I promise, if I win Mega Millions, you'll never see or hear from me again. Gone. No, what do you Gone. mean, never hear no. or see from you again? Gone. No. I mean, I, I will you. disappear. I will have purchased some sort of high-end real estate under a pseudonym in a place where no one will ever find me. There were rumors that Taylor Swift, during uh, her first stint in New York, I think while she was... Uh, um, oh, I remember that. She became an ambassador. It was when uh, 1989 came out. I was living there during that time. It was, not, it was 1989, but I can't remember if it was then or when she was uh, recording Reputation. But there were rumors oh. that she was living in the city and she was being smuggled in and out of her apartment in like luggage. Yep. It's like a way Ooh. to hide. Like Those are unconfirmed rumors. Um, shout out to every single album, Taylor Swift, uh, Taylor Swift with Nora Princiati and Nathan Hubbard, where I learned that. 
rumor, sure. but um, that would be my lifestyle anymore. Like I, I would simply disappear. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I, I, you I know what? I'd they... I'd show up and like random. I'd do like what Jimmy Butler did, but with my entire like image, oh my where I would walk out of the house in a disguise every day. You'd just be completely someone else. Yeah, well, because like, like oh, they, they used to be Mike Golick Jr. Well, don't you know like how when you look around the street, you realize that you're probably walking past like a couple of multimillionaires who you just wouldn't recognize because oh, yeah. you know they do random shit like manage hedge funds or stuff that would have been made way more financially viable for me to pick as a right. career path. Like they just get to operate in relative anonymity. Like just do that. I don't know. I, I like the I like the celebrity style like wealth. Like in New York City, I ran I walked past Bradley Cooper once. And the only reason I knew it was Bradley Cooper is because, like, I was in New York City, like, about to cross the street, and I was looking down at people's feet. Obviously, if you're in New York City, swag is everywhere. You're constantly looking at shoes. And I saw a pair of boots and a, a, a company a pair of ladies' boots that were – they looked, like, top line. It was, like, Brooks Brothers, like, over that, like, over Aldo, obviously. And I, I like, slowly just followed up. And then I saw that no-chin bastard. I was like, oh, look, there's a sniper. It is interesting which Bradley Cooper people see when they look at him, by the way. Because he's got a lot to choose oh, from. He's true. a very accomplished guy. And I probably should have did Hangover because he was in Hangover and like what you guys I appreciate did, that you went oppo on that one. Never let him know your next move. <laughs> but Brandon, that's I mean, and that's fine and good. I would much rather be rich than famous. Much rather. Yes. There's nothing oh, absolutely. there's nothing productive that comes with fame outside of being able to get into some restaurants, but if you're rich, you can pay for those. Yeah, yeah, real, yeah, I, I mean, real easy for yeah. me, man. Private plane, pug farm, done, done. Stop, you know, doing that. That's pug it. Farm. Private plane, pug farm. No, poor puppies. They would have the greatest life ever conceived for a breed of dogs. I would give them the world, Brandon. Uh, pugs love people, Mike. Yeah, have some people around. It would be me. And a whole staff of the most loving human beings that the planet Earth could produce. I would have that place strapped with so many smiles and little kisses for those scrunched up faces. They would have no idea what to do. This would be Pug Eden. I would recreate that for them as their Puggy Lord and Savior. You you are trying to uh, start a, a concubine of some sorts, like to be a completely off the grid. I was in LA one time and somebody just pulled out a, a flip phone and pulled it out. He's like... Oh shit! Kanye's having his party right uh, tonight. I was like, what "Is that what is that?" He was like, what? "It's just this like Kanye flip phone thing, like that he t he only texts people." With that. I'm like, "What the fuck <laughs> is going on?" That'll be the move. Private plane, pug farm, go back to flip phone technology, off the grid. We have now we have now won the lottery. By the way, download, subscribe, rate, review Gojo wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you leave us a five-star review rating and a review. Let us know what you would do if you won the lottery here. Brandon, did you have a choice right off the bat here? I didn't want to shortchange you before we get out of here. No, I mean it is a bunch of it is a bunch of, you know, spreading it out till I ain't got nothing left. You know, I probably I probably make it so I have a comfortable annual wage after I break everybody off. I feel like you would just upgrade whatever your status is on Uber Eats to the maximum amount so it would basically oh, yeah. drone drop food for you. Oh yeah, like I haven't made the the big the big uh the big leap to do uh what is it? Uber Eats like unlimited where it's like they take off the delivery charge. Oh, I, I didn't do that like thing. 
Oh, you didn't know that? Okay, Mike, you, I, Mike, you are one of the more frugal individuals that I know. Listen, Brandon, I haven't hit the <laughs> lottery. I haven't hit the lottery yet. So I got to keep preparing <laughs> like that day may never come. But it might come Friday, in which case, like I said, someone else will be doing this podcast Monday. It ain't going to be me. <laughs> Download, subscribe, rate, review. Again, the last summer Friday, we will be with you every Friday throughout the football season from here on out after this week. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. Maybe. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.